welcome you specially, and I want to welcome those joining us or watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV, and those who are also listening to audio versions of this message. And uh, thankfully, we now have podcasts. Let's give the Lord a big hand. <laughs> Amen. So we want to thank God for those who would be listening to this on podcast. By podcasts, we mean we are now on iTunes. We are now on Android, Android platforms for audio messages. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen and amen. And it's such a beautiful thing to see what God is doing. I want to thank God for the people he's using very strongly and mightily to do these things. May the Lord continue to honor you all in Jesus' name. So we want to thank God for our series on the purposeful kingdom lifestyle that we started about three weeks ago. And um, the mystery of godly conformity is our third topic in this series. And as you can see in the banner, it is the third session highlighted. Everything on the banner has been extracted from the verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that we have read over and over and will still read in the course of the message today. But we are looking at the mystery of godly conformity today. And if we look at the series, we can see that the foreknowledge of God, which tells us about the love he has for us aforetime, the knowledge he has of us and his intentions for us, by which he loved us, even from the foundation of the earth, allowed him, allowed us to come to him and also to enjoy the predestination. And last week we explained very, very strongly and uh, uh, as uh, firmly as we can the concept and the mystery of predestination. God's predetermined purpose for our lives being glory and our role in ensuring that we work with the Holy Spirit in ensuring that we actually come to that place of uh, our predestination. It is called a destination because it is the end of a journey. It is called a destination because it is the end of a journey. We are sojourners here on earth, but we have a destination. But it is not just a destination that will happen by chance. It is called predestination because it is a destination that has been fixed even before time. Praise the Lord. And so the more we look into the concept, the more we should understand it. So the journey to come to that predestined place of glory is where conformity comes in. It is how God helps us to take on his image in the journey to our predestined place of glory in him. And so these mysteries, as God is unraveling them to us, I would want to urge you, take notes after these sessions, go over the messages, listen to them again and again, and use your references, do your research, learn for yourself. The deliverance of this end time will come by a knowledge of the truth. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Not that you will know philosophy, not that you will know doctrine. Those things are good, but they are not the deliverer. The deliverance is in the truth. And we can only know the truth with active engagement to seek it. That's why the Bible says concerning truth, buy the truth and sell it not. Buy. You buy something out of your sweat. You spend to buy. You invest to buy. You ensure that you do everything that is inconveniencing to buy what you need. 
How many of you have ever saved up for something? You saved up and saved up and saved up. And the day you went to buy it, you felt a big relief. Maybe you saved up to pay the deposit of a mortgage. Or you saved up to buy a car or something. And that day you went there and you said, this is the money. Such a big relief when they give you the thing. Hallelujah. This is how we must go for the truth. We invest in it. We spend time in the word of God. We buy things. We buy tapes. We buy CDs. We invest in time. These days, a lot of things, all the messages we preach here are freely available. For you need to invest the time. That one we cannot do for you. By the time the message is preached here, hours, minimum, many times, of almost 20 hours of thinking, praying, researching, have gone into the message before it's even preached. Then when it is preached, somebody spends about three, four hours to edit it, to make it good, to make it all come together and concisely as much as possible. And then another person spends time to put it on the platforms to make it possible for you to listen. So many times, about 30 hours have gone into just one 40-minute message that you will listen to. But nobody can now come again and put it in your head and in your ears. Everybody has done what they could do up to that point. Now you have to buy the time. Find the time at night. Find the time in the afternoon to make sure that you learn these things. And as God continues to confirm his word in your life, you continue to gain the knowledge of the truth, and then you find how God helps you to conform in the mighty name of Jesus. And so I want us to start today with where we read from Ephesians chapter 1. We know that this has been our scripture uh, reading for the past three weeks and it will continue to be till next week. And um, we have read from verse 5, it says we are predestined to the adoption. Verse 6 says it is to the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise of the glory of his grace. By which he has done what? Made us accepted in the beloved. We have been accepted. Tell your neighbor for me, you have been accepted and I have been accepted in the beloved. Verse 9, let's go to verse 9. It says, let's read together. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he proposed in himself. Hallelujah. That in the dispensation, verse 10, of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one, all things, hallelujah, somebody say all things, in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are where? On earth in him. I want us to take time to look at these things. The Bible says that in the dispensation, in the fullness of the times, in the manifestation of the fullness of our predestination, don't miss victory prayer night this month. It's next week, Friday. We're going to culminate all this. We'll go to Romans chapter 8, verse 30 and see how it all comes together. Our predestination to glory is a journey that's been pre-planned before time. You and I need to understand that there is a dispensation of the fullness of times that he is intending to gather all things and in Christ. Hallelujah. If we go back to history, we can see that man lost uh, man was created in God's image and man lost that. We know that the Bible says, God said in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. The image there is a representation of his features. As simple as that. We know from you seeing you and I, I know that God has hands. 
I see your hands and I read from scripture that his own hands are not short to save. Now God is a spirit, praise the Lord, but he has every form that you and I have. The Bible says that his eyes run to and fro the earth. The Bible says his ears are not dull of hearing. So we hear about the things of God. We know that his feet are like the, the, the feet of, uh, of uh, we know that his feet, he walks majestically. God walks majestically in the high places. We know that God does things. He moves. Paul came and said in him, we live and move and have our being. So as he moves, we also move in him. So we know that God has all these features, but while he is a spirit and he has these features, what he did is that Colossians 2.9, the Bible says that God now sent Christ and in him, in Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when man lost the image in the Garden of Eden, what God did is that for man to regain that image again, he sent his only begotten son. John chapter 1 verse 1 tells us that in the beginning was that word. And that word was with God and that word was God. Verse 14 says, and that word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. Now what happened there is a replica of what was happening in the Garden of Eden originally. In Genesis chapter 1, we were told, and in chapter 2, that God will come down in the cool of the day and dwell with Adam and Eve and fellowship with them. When the devil attacked and he thought that they had lost that fellowship forever, when God had to banish man out of that same meeting point, he, the devil did not know that there has been a preordained package that was going to release God again into the earth in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says when he came, in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. And ever since he came physically and he left, he left for us the Holy Spirit, the one that reveals to us the same truth, the one that keeps pointing us so that we can understand that there is a process of God. Romans chapter 3 from verse 23 said it was the sin of man and that made every man fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24 says we were being justified. Romans 3.24 said being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God set forth by the, as a propitiation which means that God set it forth as an appeasement to God by his blood. Through faith. To demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Verse 26 says, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Everyone who now has faith in Jesus becomes the just. And his intention is to demonstrate At this present time, his righteousness. So it is our faith in Jesus that gives us the covenant access to conformity with his image. This is an exclusive preserve of the redeemed. So when man lost that same image of God, don't forget, we did not lose the fact that we have hands and legs and feet and the physical image of God. We did not lose that, but we lost his likeness. We lost his character. We took on the character of sin when man fell in the Garden of Eden. But coming to Jesus Christ 
gives us the opportunity to experience the justifier. As we have faith in Jesus, the Bible says, and as many that call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. The word salvation there means they shall be delivered and rescued from that dominion of darkness where the people have lost the likeness of God and they will be rescued into the kingdom of light where the people in there should have the likeness of God restored, should have the pleasures, the life, the the things that God desires restored into them. Satan's mission has been to keep people conformed to his image of worldliness. Romans 8.29, which we have read and is the basis of this message, says, let's read together again, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. To the image of his son, that what? He might be the firstborn among many brethren. We're going to deal with that bit later next week. Being among the firstborn among us as many brethren. But the Bible says that the predestination to glory is that we are to be conformed to the image of his son. So the, the, in God's arithmetic and in God's mathematics, there are no missing gaps. When man lost the image God gave to him in the Garden of Eden, he put in the plan and a process for everyone to now be conformed to the image of his son. But don't forget, in his son dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the journey of conformity is the journey that we all need to understand what our roles are and what God, what God has done through Jesus and what our roles are. Praise the Lord. But Satan is also on his own mission. Satan is struggling and working so hard to make people remain conformed to the world. He's struggling very hard to make sure that people conform to his own image of worldliness. And there are many ways he works against even those who have been redeemed. And so there are several warnings. We don't have enough time to go through them today. But there are several warnings in scripture that tells us how we need to understand our choices in remaining conformed to the image of his son who is our justifier rather than staying on the image of the one who wants to keep us in worldliness. Praise the Lord. The first area we need to be aware that Satan has a mission is to keep us in the former lusts. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 to 15. Everyone born into this world, as a, a born of a woman into this world, I've told you several times, is born a sinner. And uh, that birth brings us, that natural birth brings us into the world of sin. And then we grow in that state and are living in the lusts that prevail in that state until we give our lives to Jesus Christ. But we must understand that even after we receive the Lord Jesus, we are told and we are requested by God to required by God to continue to ensure that we do not conform to the former lusts because they don't die naturally we have to put them to death look at what the bible says in first peter chapter 1 verse 13 let's read together first peter 1:13 therefore gird up the loins of your mind be sober and rest your hope fully 
upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14. Let's shout verse 14. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Verse 15. But as he who called you is, you also be in what? In all your conduct. So we must understand that the way and manner we carry ourselves and deal with our lives are very key in our walk to that predestined glory. He said we should not be conformed to the former lusts. The devil does everything he can to present the beauty in quotes, which is a trap of the former lusts to us from time to time. Every believer is not about living in sin consciousness or living in condemnation, but rather being sober, being vigilant, being watchful, being careful that anytime the devil is attempting to conform us to the worldliness of the former lost, we must realize that his attempt is to stain our garments, to make it difficult for our conformity to Christ, wherein we find the glory, the pleasures, the inheritance, and the beauty, everything that God has packaged in our redemption, wherein we find them. He wants us to conform to his own worldliness, former loss, the things that he had used in time past to entrap us, so that we can be punished, so that we can suffer, so that we can remain in accusation. That's why Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, who do not continue to do the things of the former lusts, but who walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. And so we must do everything we can to resist the temptations of the former lusts so that we can truly be conformed to the image of Christ. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, from verse 1. Let's go to the, that scripture. If, you, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are where? Above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 5. Therefore, read verse 5 with me, please. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is what? Idolatry. Somebody say put to death. Now, when somebody is sentenced to death in a court of law, I know it doesn't happen in this country because there is no capital punishment, but in a country like America and other countries that still have capital punishment, now do those persons just stand in the dock and they die? No. Except they were sick before and then they heard the news and then they just went off. But that hardly happens. Somebody called the hangman goes to do that job. The moment the governor of who or whoever is in that jurisdiction says yes, I now ratify it. And he does not grant a state pardon or does not commute it. The moment he says it's ratified. The hangman is giving the life of that person. And they go and continue the proceedings. They have some special ministers that minister to them. God bless them. Those people minister last minute message. Receive Jesus now because you are going. There's no choice. You're going to be dead in a few minutes from now. 
And some of those people still spit at the face of those ministers and say, yeah, I go hell. Hmm. God have mercy. But right there, many testimonies have abounded of people who truly gave their lives at that same point, like the robber that was on the right-hand side of Jesus Christ. And so, for, but from that point, the hangman takes that life and actually puts it to death. It is a physical process. It is an intentional process. When the Bible says you and I should put to death, we must continually, every time you see a manifestation of uncleanness, of fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, some of, some of the things are more evident than the others. You know when fornication is threatening you. You know when uncleanness is threatening you, passion. But many people don't know when things are, when covetousness is setting in. Many people don't know such things. Many people don't know such things that evil desires. This is an evil desire. When you desire something so much and it's taking you over and it doesn't allow you to sleep, it doesn't allow you to, to rest, it doesn't allow you to have proper fellowship with your brethren, that is now becoming evil, no matter how good that thing is. In quote. You desire a car so much and then it's taking you over and every time you sleep, you see the car driving past your, your, your head. That, that has become something, something else. <laughs> That's becoming something else. You must understand that evil, some of these things are very subtle. The Bible says when you notice them, you put them to death. Don't condemn yourself for noticing them because there is an ongoing work of putting them to death. When you see yourself tell a lie, you know that you used to be a master liar before. When they needed somebody to tell a lie for the group, they called you. And whatever you said used to get everybody through. That was how perfect you were. But when God saved you, you stopped that lie. But from time to time, the devil says, you know, you still have that skill. You know, you got it. <laughs> you got to put it to death. Say, no, I, I don't got it anymore. I got nothing like that. What I got is the spirit of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You've got to put it to death. The Bible says, therefore, put to death. I desire to be conformed to the image of his son. You go and do warfare. Look at what he said in verse 7. He said, in which you yourself once walked. That is your story. It was past. Tell your neighbor for me, it was past. And he shall die with the past. He said, in which you once walked when you lived in them. Verse 9 says, do not lie to one another. Since you have put off. The old man, I charge you to read Colossians 3 very well, but these are just some verses that help us. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10 says, and have put on. Somebody say, I put off the old man. I put on the new man. Why? Because that new man is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The him created, the, the image is that of the Lord, that is the capital H. The him created is you and I. Jesus created us. The Bible says all things have come from him and nothing was made that was made without him. Everything was made by him. So he is the image we are to conform to. The Bible says when we put on the new man, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, that says we are a new creation. All things have passed away. When we put on the new man, we must keep making sure that we have the new man put on because that is the man who we enjoy in the renewance of the knowledge according to the image that the Lord wants us to be conformed unto. And may God continue to help us to keep the old man put off indeed. In the name of Jesus. 
Friends, I will tell you it is easier to put on the old man than to keep on the new man. To, put, to keep on the new man, you need the work of the Holy Spirit. You need humility. You need consistency. But the, the old man, the devil will help you to put on anytime. He helps you to put it on. He tells you, you cannot allow that kind of thing. Is it because you're a Christian? You need to show them now that you have another side. That is the old man talking. And he will help you to put it on. But you have to keep saying, no, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For it is in him I live. It is in him I move. It is in him I have my being. And as you continue to decree and declare like that, the old man continues to lose his strong hold and his strong grip over you. And then you continually get conformed to the image of the one who has called you. May that continue to be your portion in the name of Jesus. So former lusts have to be dealt with. Everything that keeps us in the place of our uh, 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 enjoyment, as it were, of the former lusts, we have to check. We have to make sure that we continually deal with them and not allow them to have the place that the devil wants them to have in our lives. Then secondly, very importantly, just as a categorization, are the things of ungodliness and idolatrous ways in the land. I just call them that. So the first thing are former lusts. Those are the things that the devil tries to use to prevent us from enjoying the image of Christ. And then the second thing is ungodliness and idolatrous ways. Let's look at Ephesians 4 verse 17. It says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding, verse 18, darkened, being alienated, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Verse 19 says, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, lasciviousness, talks about perversions, to walk all on cleanliness with what? With greediness. We must understand that the Bible is clear about how he expects us not to conform to the world. He said we should not live like Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Many believers are tempted to compromise and to do things because Gentiles seem to get away. Gentiles are unbelievers, people who have, no, who have no fear of God. They seem to get away with so many things. And at times it could be very tempting. You who are serving God, waiting patiently on God, wanting to do the right thing, at times get marginalized. At times you actually get oppressed. At times you get cheated, in quote. So the temptation is always rife around us. To, to, to bend things like the Gentiles, to be crude like the Gentiles, to be ruthless like the Gentiles. But we must understand that the Bible commands us that if we want this image of Christ, we cannot afford to conform to such image of the Gentiles who are walking in the futility of their minds. They have gone past feelings. They have deadened their consciences. That's why many things don't mean anything to them anymore. But you and I cannot afford because every time we give the littlest element of compromise, we see how much of the Holy Spirit we have to relate with to ask for a restoration of fellowship. 
So you and I must not allow the temptation of being past feeling that the Gentiles have to rub on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know that this season is all about our kingdom purposeful living. Living purposefully as kingdom citizens. But we must understand that everything that we do and all that God requires of us is to stay in the place where we are yielding completely to the desires of the Holy Spirit to keep us conformed to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. Many verses in the Old Testament tells us when God gives a land, he says to the people, don't just go and do the things in the land I'm giving to you. Don't copy their idols. Don't be idolatrous like them. Don't copy their ways. One example is in Deuteronomy 18 verse 9. He said, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There are abominations in every nation. And I want you to, I've said the nations mean many things. It means groups of people. It means places you work. It means neighborhood. But even in nations, physical nations, we must all understand that everywhere God takes us to, we are ambassadors of Christ in those places. The Bible says when we come into the place, he's planned to make us the head, to make us not the tail, to give us dominion, to help us to progress there, is nothing that we should worry about. He will do what he has said he will do. But we must understand that there is a need to be conscientious, not to allow ourselves to follow the abominations of those nations. Many of us have come from nations in this nation physically today. Many of us have come from nations that are very religious. I use the word religious because they they take religion seriously. And out of that religion, many of us, God has helped to come into the place of true spirituality. But when we come into nations like this, a lot of people fall short of going into the abominations of the nation that they have come into. A lot of people relax like the nation that we're in. A lot of people tend to take on the laxity in the land. A lot of people even take on some of the cultures of the land that are negative. I, I desire that God will open the eyes of the believers to understand that God is the one who orders your step and my step to everywhere we are. In this nation, in the places we work, in our neighborhoods, God put us there. Not to go there and take on the abominations of the places we are sent, but rather to shine the light, hallelujah, to be the people that bring about a restoration and the things that God desires to see changed. May the Lord continue to help us in Jesus' name. I know that the times are hard and the times are challenging, and many things actually are not easy in the present day. But I've always said this, ever since I was young, ever since I was a little boy, I've heard my parents, I've heard my uncles, I've heard the people who are 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years older than me, always complaining that times were hard and challenging. I've never seen a time that was ever, ever easy. So this generation must not think we are living in such a dispensation and a times that it's beyond the ability of God to help us. What we need is the wisdom of God to engage with that same wisdom that helped people. The Bible says in the days of Isaac, there was famine all over the land and he prospered. Why don't you we study scriptures and ask what was it that was the secret of this kind of people? Praise the Lord. 
I keep asking myself, which kind of business was David doing that brought so much money that he could contribute billions to build the temple that God asked him to build, that he didn't build but asked his son to build? Which kind of, which kind of, which kind of relationship did he have with God? That is what we need to study. Praise the Lord. Not for us to be conformed and follow the way of the land that we're in and stay fixed on the things that the devil is using to distract believers in this time. I want you to know that every secret, every land has secrets of prosperity. Every land. You must be sensitive every time. Every time. God will be speaking to you. He will tell you now, speak in tongues. Don't say it's the wrong place. Just speak in tongues. It may sound foolish, but there is a way in every land. Hallelujah. The Bible says, wherever the sole of your feet shall tread upon, I will give to you as a possession. It is real. You only need to listen. You only need to hear. At times he will tell you, sing me a song of praise. Just do it. Bless this person with this. Whatever the instruction, Mary said, whatever he asks you to do, just do it. These are things that people do that make them go a little bit above board beyond their peers. When you engage with the Holy Spirit at this level, you do not need to lean to the abominations of the nations because the Lord will continue to give you your own way. I say the Lord will give you your own way in the name of Jesus. By the grace of God, I don't live in London, but the influence God has given me in that city, I've never lived in London, I've never bought a house, I don't have a house there. But the influence God has given me in that land is more than some people who live there by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Because a simple instruction came 21 years ago. May God give you your instructions today. In the name of Jesus. The land that you dwell, the place that you walk, whatever are the hidden treasures there, my God will open your eyes to see them. No more struggles in your life. In the name of Jesus. God's desire therefore is that we refuse conformity to the world and embrace transformation through our minds. Without your mind and my mind, the Holy Spirit can do nothing. Your mind must see what God is seeing. Last Wednesday, those of you that were here, you heard Pastor Moses was sharing. His one desire of God is for you to see how God sees. Because God cannot do more than what you can see. Even though he has the capacity to do everything he sees. But you and I limit God by what we can see. That's why that man, when they asked him, he said, do you believe I can do this? That man was very clever. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because he knows that there is element of unbelief in him that may hinder what Jesus was about to do. And we know that he still took his miracles. May the Lord continue to transform our minds. Romans 12, 2 is what we always read. He said, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I say God will help you to be having a transformed mind continually in the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 10 says, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. So we must understand that this conformity requires us to be conformed to Jesus Christ in every way. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Let's read that together. 
And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This was a definite statement recorded by the great apostle Luke simply for us to understand that the conformity to Jesus that was preordained and was required by God that you and I should walk in is in every sphere of life. He wants us to conform in wisdom. This talks about our mental conformity. The mental prowess of Jesus was unmatchable. The Bible says at the time, they said they asked him, what wisdom is this? They could not trap him. They could not hold him down. When they were about to ridicule his ministry by the woman with the, that was caught in adultery, the wisdom of God came through for him. Not only did he deliver the woman, he delivered himself. Because if he had said things carelessly and casually, not only would they have stoned the woman, they would have stoned him also. And that was not yet his time. Praise the Lord. So God wants you to grow in wisdom as you conform. This is what our communion will be delivering to us today as we pray. Conforming to the true image of Jesus Christ in every sphere. As you conform to him mentally, my God will take your wisdom to the next level. In the name of Jesus, the wisdom that is from above, that is above all, will continue to be your portion. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, and Jesus increased in stature. It is deliberate for us to know. I have always told you, Isaiah 9, 6 says something very interesting. He said, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And I always say this, thank God for the given, thank God for the born child, but thank God much more for the given son. It is a son and sons that will transform the world. So God wants you and I to be of increase in stature, not just physical growth. It also means our spiritual translation from childhood to sonship. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I did childish things. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. The world in Romans 8:16 is not waiting for the manifestation of children. Is waiting for manifestation of what? Sons of God. As many that received him, he gave them power to become what? Sons of God. It is so important as men that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's good to be a child of God, but sonship is part of the package of conformity. If Jesus grew from being a child to becoming a son, you and I must grow from childhood in spiritual matters in being babes that just handle milk to those who grow to handling strong meat. If there is anything the devil is contesting in the body of Christ today, it is this one thing. Because as long as believers can remain babies, churches will not grow. And as long as churches don't grow, there is no hope for the world. Because the world is earnestly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. He has no problem putting 100,000 babies in one building and shouting, hallelujah, 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 and going home every Sunday. He has no problem. In fact, he likes that. That is why he's filling up, and God is my witness. I'm not ridiculing mega churches, many doing fantastic jobs, and thank God for those great men and women 
who are pioneering those works. But in many cases, a lot of big churches in our days and age are completely just doing things that grow babies and keep babies. Because the place of sonship is a place of stretching. It's a place of exercise. It's a place of demand. It's a place of toughness. Have you ever seen military cadets being trained? Getting ready to go to war? Do they call them and say, let's do merry-go-round? Is that what they train them with? <laughs> if you are happy, you know, clap your hand. Is that how they train them to go to war? No. <laughs> they stretch them. They take them to courses, obstacle courses. Deny them of food for two, three days because you may be dropped as a paratrooper into a place for three, four days and there's no food and you have to keep fighting. So they, they stretch, they stretch them. That's why the Bible says anyone who is engaged in military affairs does not engage himself. Anyone who is enlisted as a, in military affairs must not engage himself with civilian affairs. We must grow. Jesus grew in stature. When he was 12 years old, he went into the temple and was asking questions because by the time he was going to be 30, he was going to be answering questions. Believers today don't go from the place of asking questions and growing and discipled so that they can become mature, strong, mature, and people who can point others and lead others and bring others up in the things of God. This is the conformity. He wants us to conform the same way Jesus grew in favor with God. He wants us to conform in understanding the place of favor with God. This is talking about our spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ. Our spiritual relationship with God must be vibrant. Jesus needed favor with God. When he needed to feed 5,000, we know that it was favor with God. Because he said, I know that you hear me always. I know that you hear me always. That's a favored man that says that. When you have a father that you know will not deny you of certain things, you are confident. You are confident. You just say, no, I know my dad will do that. Praise the Lord. He stood there, a favored man. And what that means is that his prayer life was potent and sharp. No messing about. Every one of us must understand that the conformity to Jesus Christ is to come to the place where we have so much favor with God that none of our words are falling to ground. I say none of your words will fall to the ground. In the name of Jesus. What this means is when you are going to your work and you find things not working right. I've said this, I've shared this with my wife many times. We as believers should order what we want to see. Somebody sat down there harassing your life every day. You decree. You decree that there be a change. You say, Lord, this is tormenting my soul and distracting me from being an excellent worker in this place. From today, I decree that A, B, C will begin to behave in the name of Jesus. God told me never ever struggle for any position. Always seek to be in my will. When you are in my will, I position you. I don't scramble for position. It's a waste of time. What do you want to do with a position that God is not in? Be where God says you should be. If he says you are the cleaner there, do it gloriously and beautifully. God will glorify your life in it. When he singles you out, even the people who are supposed to be directors there will come to you for counsel. Hallelujah. Who was Mordecai when God made him prime minister? Who was Joseph when God took him out of that dungeon and made him prime minister? God can do anything, anyhow. Don't join the rat race. By all means, please, engage with professional development. Do the things you need to do. Study, write the exams. Do everything you need to do. 
but don't engage with the rat race of backbiting and spoiling others and doing this and that because you are desiring. Just have God with you. I said, just have God with you. As God stays with you, so he will continue to advance you. In the name of Jesus. The favor with men simply means there you will also grow in the place where you have excellent, supernaturally enriched relationship with people. As difficult as that may be, the Bible says, when the man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. I've said it to you many times, and this is no, by no means bragging. I, am, I know many people that don't like me. I know them. I know they don't like me because I can see and I'm not daft. <laughs> I know they don't like me. But when I see them, I shake hands with them and I greet them as if I have no clue what they feel about me. Because I know they can do absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Jesus took bread, dipped it in a pot with Judas. And he looked at him and said, my friend, do it quickly. <laughs> That's a man walking in favor. A man who understood that you are, anything you are doing now is because you are permitted to do it. Don't shake for any human being. Don't be arrogant. Don't be with pride. Be humble. Be gentle. But don't shake any time any human being threatens your life again, say to them, my life is in God's hands. You have no control over me. That's what God, Jesus said to Pilate. He said, you can do nothing to me except it's permitted by God. Pilate said, don't you know I have the power to sentence you now and kill you off? He said, look, 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 you can do nothing except it's permitted by God. Whether it's a line manager or line damager or line friend or line enemy, Whoever they are, God will continue to give you victory over their threats. In the name of Jesus. Any single lady here, the next person that tells you that if you don't do it, you will lose me forever. Tell them, go with all your money, perish with you. Whatever you have, let it perish with you. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said, Simon said, ah, let me give, some of the, give me some of those things. Take money. He said, your money perish with you. That time, Paul, Peter was very serious. He just blinded everybody. He said, I blind you now. <laughs> I blind you now. So don't waste time around. <laughs> right? Well, well.